You gonna be a football player when you grow up? This is Raider Nation Radio 920. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, presented by Tequila Embajador. I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I've been in football all my life. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. It is a Thursday. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Lincoln will be joining us uh, in just a little while. I am broadcasting live from the Raiders practice facility here in Henderson. Just got back from uh, Dallas, Texas earlier today, uh, just actually a couple hours ago. Um, and land, of course, I was on the uh, – I had the Wi-Fi on the plane. I'm not going to uh, pretend like I didn't. But just following – this Cleveland Browns situation with COVID-19, I uh, just got a text from a reporter in Cleveland. They're up to 18 players officially. I think it's actually a little bit more than that uh, once some uh, official word starts coming out. Uh, but 18 players have landed on the COVID-19 list. Remember, the Raiders play the Cleveland Browns on Saturday. It's on a Sunday game. It's Saturday. Um, and it's starting to get to that point now where – there's some genuine doubt, maybe, or at least talk, and players are, are, are coming out and talking about it. The NFL Players Association, there was a report on uh, Pro Football Talk uh, that the NFL Players Association is starting to, um, you know, really maybe urge the NFL uh, to think twice about playing this game. Uh, I've got my thoughts uh, on it as well, um, and I, I think that what one of the stories that I don't think is getting looked at enough is you're asking the Raiders to go play a Cleveland Browns team, which every day for this week, starting I think on Monday or Tuesday, every single day more players have tested positive for the Cleveland Browns, okay? Because that's sometimes how it works. Just because you get exposed to it doesn't mean you test positive for it the next day or the next day after. Everybody's system, everybody's body works a little bit differently. So when I heard the first batch of players, I was like, wow. Keep an eye on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday because as players that were exposed to those guys, um, you know, they're, you're bound to run into a situation where more players are going to test positive. And that's exactly what's happened every day. And if, if, if you follow that kind of logic, you would think there's a possibility that comes Saturday – the Raiders are going to be playing against some players who may have been exposed to COVID-19 that haven't yet tested positive, but could very well test positive on Sunday. And that means Raider players are going to be exposed um, to COVID-19. Now, this is just me. I'm not a doctor or anything like that, but I would be really concerned. I'd be very concerned about the exposure that the Raiders are about to get uh, playing the Cleveland Browns because who knows you could run into a situation where the Raiders are in the exact same situation that the Cleveland Browns are today and this weekend next week. And the Raiders have to play the Denver Broncos next week. And you don't want to be in a situation if you're the Raiders where all of a sudden you're down 20 players or so. So is that how fair is that to, to make the Raiders go play a team that's obviously having some difficulties right now with COVID-19? And you don't know what the what the Raiders themselves are going to be exposed to on Saturday. I'm just thinking off the top of my head because that's a concern and a worry. I would have that worry. I would have that concern. And I don't think it's getting enough, um, you know, uh, everyone's looking at it from the Browns' perspective right now, and, and rightfully so. But nobody's really – when, when they're talking about should they play, shouldn't they play, nobody's really talking about 
Should the Raiders have to go play uh, against a team that's had this kind of an outbreak? And what danger does it put the Raiders in? Um, health-wise, competitive-wise, a week from now when some of those players for the Raiders, hopefully not, but it could happen, uh, where they're exactly in the same boat that the Cleveland Browns are in right now. So a lot for the NFL to think about, a lot for the Players Association to think about. Uh, We're about 48 hours uh, away from that football game being played uh, in Cleveland, and at this moment it's on. But, you know, I'm not quite sure – if it will be on on Saturday, we'll have to obviously monitor it. Now there are there is a chance that some of the players that tested positive earlier this week could be uh, able to play in the game on Saturday if they get the necessary negative tests leading up to it. Um, I think they have to get two negative tests over the next couple of days, uh, including you know Friday, uh, obviously, um, in order to play on Saturday. So there's still a lot up in the air, but it gets worse and worse and worse every day. Um, you know, in, in Cleveland. And, and here's the other question you have. You know, a game day roster is 46 players. Well, the Cleveland Browns are getting into that area where when you include the 17 players from the practice squad who've had to be called up to replace the 18 players that have been lost on the regular roster, um, if it gets into if, – if more players test negative or test positive in these next couple of days, you might get to a point where the Cleveland Browns fall below the 46 – man game day roster and how far is the NFL willing to go below that 46 uh, man limit or roster maximum and limit whatever you want to look at it uh, and still play a football game I was told by somebody in the NFL today to expect it to be around 35 or so mid 30s so is the NFL gonna be okay if let's just say that the Cleveland Browns can only suit up 35 players uh, on 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 sun or Saturday, are they okay with that few players going to play an NFL football game? I I don't know, man. This is getting pretty weird to me. But we do have Lincoln Kennedy uh, with us now. Lincoln, I'm not sure how much you heard about that. You know what I just said, but uh, first of all, uh, you know, uh, welcome. Uh, glad to have you as usual. How you doing, my man? No, I'm doing all right, man. Just hanging in there. How's everything going for you? Everything's good. Just got back from Dallas uh, not too long right. ago, so. Um, now airport. you're off to Cleveland soon, right? No, I'm actually not covering the game. I'm not going oh. to Cleveland. Maybe maybe I caught a break on that one because I've been gone. I, I literally went from Kansas City to Dallas. So right. I've been gone for about a week. So work said, hey, go spend some time with your family this weekend. We got you covered on the, uh, you know, we'll send somebody else to go cl- cover the Cleveland game. But I'll obviously be watching it um, from, from home if the game even goes on. And, and Lincoln, that's kind of where I'm headed right now. Uh, you know, another new batch of players tested positive. Uh, for COVID-19 with the Cleveland Browns today, including Case Keenum, the backup quarterback that was going to replace Baker Mayfield, who's already tested positive and likely mm-hmm. won't play on Saturday. So now you're down to Mullins. I don't even know what his first name is. Uh, the, the, a third-string quarterback that they that I think was on their practice squad, Nick Mullins, that's now going to be um, supposed or you know is, is slated now to be the starting quarterback. And, and Lincoln, aside from the fact that you know, the, the Cleveland Browns are just losing players right now, left and right, all right? And the NFL seems intent at this moment on playing that game. Um, and in their mind, hey, if you could suit up 46, maybe even 35, 36 players, that's enough to get you through a, a, an NFL football game. I have some thoughts on that. I don't think that uh, that's really wise thinking. Uh, but let's say even if it's 46 players, if, if the Browns are able to suit up 46 players on Saturday, Lincoln, let's say that's the case, all right? Here's the thing that I don't think anyone's talking about right now. 
What about the Raiders? The Raiders might be going into a COVID um, hotbed against players who have already been exposed to it through, you know, uh, close contact with their teammates, but haven't tested positive yet and might Sunday or Monday. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, I worry that the Raiders are going into a situation where they have to play against a team that, you know, has some players that are going to be on the field that might have COVID but haven't tested positive yet for it. And the Raiders can be in the same exact situation that the Browns are next week as a result because they could be getting exposed on Saturday when they play against the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, and, and look, the thing is is that the incubation period takes a little bit longer, so they'll be testing up until the point, and you you actually lose one day with the game being on Saturday. Um, yeah, it could be it could be really hazardous, but you know, I'm, I'm of the mindset that the NFL is not going to cancel, or I mean, they might forfeit. It. You might not have enough players; you have to forfeit the game, but they, they're not going to look to cancel it. They're, they're going to make it just like they did with the Denver Broncos last year. Like, without having a quarterback, the show goes on. You got to put somebody out there. They do, and and but this is an outbreak situation, and, yeah. and I guess my point is, you know, from the Raiders' perspective, uh, how how. You know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're putting other players now in, po- in potential harm's way. So, and I know the, the um, I don't know if you saw it, but there was a report by Pro Football Focus, or excuse me, Pro Football Talk, uh, saying that the NFL Players Association is starting to, I guess, put some pressure on some people to, hey, we got to rethink playing this game. There's a lot of reasons to to think about that, you know. Um, and I know that this is a money making venture, the NFL, obviously, and and there's also so it's an important game for both teams, you know. And ha- where do you squeeze it now? If you have to postpone it, where do you squeeze it into the schedule? And if you have to forfeit it, um, does do the Browns just get the loss and the Raiders get the win? And 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 that's that. I'm sure the Raiders would be, you know, obviously okay with that. That helps their playoff chances. Uh, but you can't just cancel it and not put somebody's you know add it to the to the records of the teams somehow some way because if you don't you're going to get to the end of the season and those guys are going to play 16 games everyone else is going to play 17 games and that might be the difference between the Raiders making the playoffs or the Browns making the playoffs and so on and so forth so how do you account for it if you don't play it well if you don't if you don't have enough players the forfeiture should be on the 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 Cleveland Brown the Raiders would get the win by forfeit it, it, what, but it, what's hard to figure out is if, because this is a nationally televised game on Saturday, the TV crews are already there. They're already setting up. They're 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 working to get everything ready. Uh, actually, whether well, to take that back, yeah, this is Thursday. Yeah, they're they're setting up. Um, uh, so it, you, you cancel all that. There's a lot of money that goes into that for the TV production and everything else. You cancel all that if there's no game. But yeah, as you said, in lieu of the pandemic, how do you how do you quantify? How do you justify it? If you're Coach Masachi and the Raiders, you don't even want to go into this sort of uh, contagious field, if you know what I mean. Yeah, because, again, um, even if you win the game, the Raiders, on Saturday, you might put yourself in um, a situation where you're dealing with the same exact thing that the Browns are right now next week before you play the Denver Broncos, putting yourself in a major competitive disadvantage in what could be a very important game against the Broncos. So... That's the thing, and that's what's so you know when I Lincoln when I heard about uh, I think it was Baker Mayfield a couple of other players tested, tested positive uh, on Monday I think it was for the Browns you know everyone's like oh well they'll be able to make up you know with you know the player backup quarterback but but what people fail to realize is it wasn't just about who tested positive on Monday because there was bound to be people that tested positive Tuesday Wednesday Thursday 
because that's how this thing works. And they had already, you know, those guys had already been on plane together. They had played a game together. They had practiced together. So it was almost bound to happen what exactly has happened. Tuesday, more players tested positive. Wednesday, more players tested positive. Today, more players tested positive. I would say tomorrow, more players are going to test positive. Saturday, you're going to, players will test positive on Sunday. It's just kind of what's going on right now. And that's where I'm worried about the Raiders. And I don't know what the league thinks of it. I don't know what, what, what the Raiders' approach is. I really haven't talked to anybody uh, from the organization about their thoughts right now. Um, they're going to, you know, obviously as coaches and players, you do what you're told to do, and they will. But, you know, uh, when you start really playing this thing out, Lincoln, again, it could really put the Raiders in a bad position here pretty soon. I think it already has. you got to make a decision on how you do it because all those things you talk about, you have to be thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, my other qu- last question, uh, Lincoln, to, to you about this, uh, not last, but think of it this way, too. All right, so you have the 46-man roster. That's, that's the game day roster is 46 players. The Browns could be in a situation where they fall under that number, okay? And maybe they have to play with 43 players. Maybe they have to play with 39 players. If you're the NFL, where do you cut it off right there? Um, before saying, no, that's not enough players to go play an NFL game. In your mind, what do you think it would be? 11 players on both sides. You got 11 for defense, 11 for offense. <laughs> so 22 is Lincoln's number. 22. Or if you, look, if you want to be have a great – we got to include kickers and long snappers. So what? We're talking about maybe 28, 29? You know, just just have a little bit of cushion? Yeah, I heard today the number was uh, could be like mid-30s or so. Oh, well. I mean, I mean that seems about right, but I, you know this is why they've extended the practice squad. This is why they they tried to make as many incentives as, as they could uh, to to for guys to get vaccinated, and even guys who have been vaccinated have caught, caught COVID. But they they've been trying to do everything they could to incentivize, and then of course hold the team accountable um, if they don't. Yeah, no doubt about it. If we come to find out that if this game does get canceled or postponed or whatever the case might be, let's just say forfeited, um, you know. There's severe, we talked about this yesterday, severe financial implications for the team where the outbreak happened. Now, right. there's big differences between did it happen among a bunch of vaccinated players or unvaccinated players. If it comes out that it was unvaccinated, uh, they're on the hook for a lot of money, uh, the, that, that team, including, I think, I'd have to double check this, but paying the players for the other team. Because remember, you get paid in the NFL after games. <laughs> That's you know the game check week. Uh, the, or the you know the, the the weekly game check. That's when you get paid. Everybody in the NFL gets paid. Every player gets paid seventeen times a year, right? It's there's nothing in the preseason. There's nothing after the season except for like bonuses and things like that. But in season, you get paid per game. If a game's not getting paid, if it's vaccinated players, then then game checks aren't going to be issued for that for that game, which is insane when you think about it. So uh, there's a lot of reasons to want to play this game if you're a player too, Lincoln. Because there's well, those game checks are pretty hefty. Yeah. yeah, there's no doubt about it. And of course, now that you mentioned, I'm looking up Nick Mullins. Look, he started for the 49ers. He beat the Raiders' ass one time. So I, I don't know if this is a good thing to have him starting now or not. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there I I I, uh, I vaguely remember that game, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I saw some Raider fans freaking out when they saw it was Mullins. Like, uh oh, yeah, um, he's uh, he's 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 taking care he's of us. He's beat us before. He's 30, beat us 43. Before. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, anyway, all that said, here's uh, uh, Rich Basaccia, the Raiders' uh, interim head coach, talking today about uh, the brand, the Browns' handling of the COVID outbreak. I credit the Browns. If you look at last year, they, they had a COVID issue the last game of the season. They had coaches with COVID. They had players with COVID. They, they went into Pittsburgh. Um, they had to have the win to get into the playoffs at Pittsburgh. They beat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. They won the game. Um, they came back and won a playoff game. So we're looking at jersey numbers and um, trying to get prepared ourselves to, to go play a game and, and uh, put a good performance on the field. So um, I, I know they're going to have a team show up, and I, I know they're going to play hard. Uh, it's, really think we need to look at ourselves and how we can go out there and uh, put a performance on the field to help us have a chance to win. Well, at this point, um, Lincoln, and I, there's a whole positional groups that have been wiped out <laughs> right now for the uh, for the Browns. Like, I think every all their safeties that were on the roster, uh, a couple of other uh, – every group, I, um, maybe not the offensive line, but every group so far has been severely hit uh, among their among their positional groups. So – um, who knows who's going to line up for the Browns on Thursday, or excuse me, on, on Saturday. Uh, but if a game gets played, uh, it's, it's, you know, I know that a lot of Raider fans are, you know, on Twitter saying this is going to be a huge advantage for the Raiders. It should be, uh, but you can't take anybody lightly. Anybody that suits up in the NFL, um, and as a lot of these guys will have been practicing with the Browns for a long time, you just can't take anybody lightly. You just said Mullins kicked the Raiders' butt um, a couple of years ago. That's kind of the, the the mindset that the Raiders are going to have to play. It doesn't matter what the names are; just play the guys in that uniform and play. Look, the Raiders have played. Yeah, you know, the Raiders have played teams that have had backups out there and, and still found a way to lose. So they can't take anyone for granted. No, uh, they can't. But um, you know, when you're if you this is all uncharted territory, unprecedented uh, to say the least. Uh, but if, if with no real uh, understanding sometimes of, of who you're playing against, Lincoln, uh, how do you handle that as a player? If you have no clue who you're lining up uh, in front of, and I know it's definitely you play the uniform and you, and you worry about yourself, but there's a lot of scouting. You know, there's a lot of watching tape for a specific reason, especially as an offensive lineman against a defensive lineman, as a quarterback working against a cornerback, a wide receiver against a cornerback. What does that safety do? What's his strengths and, and, and weaknesses? When you're going into uncharted territory against a team that you have, you know, in, in a lot of cases it's going to be, I don't even know who that dude is out there. Uh, so you're going into a game a little bit blind. How do you uh, deal with that? You prepare for scheme rather than personnel, because if you don't know the guys you're playing, you don't know what the, you, you don't. You only know the scheme they run. For example, what type of defense they run. They usually run four three. What kind of coverage they play? They, they usually do that. So you're you're going up against the scheme. It's almost like a preseason game when you got newcomers on a roster. You go out there a little vanilla at first to see what they're doing, to see how they are, gather a little bit of information. Then you might see who might you might be able to pick on. But you're you're still. You're still doing your offense. You're still doing your defense. You're just going up against scheme rather than personnel. And I know that, you know, in, in, in your case, uh, I think you were, it's probably safe to say you were probably a student of the game uh, or, or probably became one. Let's put it that way. Um, so I'm sure you did a lot of film work um, on, on your opponent. And, and yes, I know that you're talking about scheme, but I would imagine that you took a deep look at who you were playing against each week too, the, the player himself. Without a doubt. And what were you able to glean from that? Well, I mean, look, you, 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 you can understand where hand placement was. For me, as an offensive lineman, I looked at hand placement. What move did he prefer doing? And you can get a lot of this uh, scouting reports. I don't know how they do them these days, but everything is available to you online. So um, 
I'm sure that that's where they get all their information from, the analytics, if you want. But I wanted to know how often did he come underneath? How and what was the scheme about? I mean, those are things that you pick up when you're playing a team. Um, and then, of course, the personnel is different because, you know, Jadavian Clowney doesn't do the same moves that Miles Garrett does uh, or vice versa. So you, those are the type of things you want to look at. So if you're playing somebody that you've not been able to see any film of. Um, you, you, you can't. And that's what I'm saying. you got to go up against scheme until you get out there and see it. There's, there's, you don't have a choice unless you want to go search in the archives or wherever the guy played before or go back to college. I mean, that's the only thing you could do. And I don't see these guys doing that. I don't see a lot of nah, them doing stuff all. like that. I, I agree with that. So how long would it take you in a game uh, against a guy never seen before? before couple you series. Start? couple series, depending on the situation. Now, it's supposed to be wet. It's supposed to be uh, uh, right. nasty conditions. I think it was that's, so 46 degrees and some rain. Is that what the forecast had or something like that? Yes. So, uh, it, it, you know, we already know what the game plan is going to be is to try to run the ball uh, as much as possible. And the Raiders haven't had a whole lot of success, so they're having to gear up for that. But um, it, it usually takes a couple series for you to get to know a guy. All right. I'm glad you mentioned the weather because it is going to, it's supposed to be, um, you know, uh, it's going to affect the game. And as Lincoln just mentioned, running the ball would be really nice for the Raiders to be able to run the ball on, on uh, Saturday uh, for a lot of different reasons, but also because of those conditions. Um, you know, you just, you don't want to be chucking it up 35 times a game because that ball is going to get slippery. Uh, a lot of, you know, the footwork's going to be difficult for wide receivers. Sometimes I could play into a wide receiver's advantage because, you know, a defensive back can slip, but you still got to throw it. You got to catch it. You got to hold on to it. My point is it sure would be nice if the Raiders can establish a run. How do they go about that, Lincoln? Please help us out on this. It hasn't happened all year. There's no uh, magic to it. You just have to execute. I mean, yeah, there's no, yeah, there's no magic to it. You have to execute it. You have to, if you're a running back, you have to know what hole to go to. Your offensive line, you have to open up holes. It's a, it's a matter of attitude. Run, running the football is all about desire and attitude. You've got strong guys up. You know how to do it. Now you got to do it, and you got to do it at the highest level. Got to make every play damn near perfect. We've talked about the struggles that Alex Leatherwood uh, and Brandon Parker have had in pass protection. Um, I know that Alex has done a little bit better um, in, in in run blocking. Your thoughts on? him as a run blocker right now, but also in tandem in the in the run game with Brandon Parker. They, they both seem like they should be capable uh, of being effective in that area. But again, the run game hasn't happened, and I think both of those guys deserve some, some blame for that. Well, they do. But at the same time, from my vantage point, I don't necessarily think it fell all the, on the running part didn't always fall on Parker and Leatherwood. There were some times you just didn't have great blocking at the tight end spot. A lot of those times, that was false from a row out there. Yep, and 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 he, you know having to block the defensive end because a lot of teams slant their defensive linemen these days. They don't just run straight up and run into you guys. They're going to slant the defensive linemen, whether it's to the boundary or to the field. So a lot of times you got to play on the move, especially if they they sense that you're going to go a certain way. You got these guys that are looking at your hands and your feet and knowing your tendencies too to try to undercut you and get underneath. And a lot of times it wasn't so much Alex Leatherwood or, or, or Brandon Parker. It was it was Foster Moreau who gave up, you know, leakage or someone in the inside that made the play. Well, to put it all in perspective, uh, by, and I, I know, you know, pro football f- uh, focus isn't the Bible, uh, but among guards, 80 guards uh, graded in the NFL, Alex Leatherwood ranks 80th. Uh, among, no. <laughs> among tackles in the NFL, 82 tackles have been graded. Brenda Parker is 79th. To put that in perspective, Colt Miller's 14th. 
Um, so Andre James has improved from 38th. Uh, you know, he was he was for a while there. He was one of the worst ranked centers. He's moved up to 24. Um, it's progress for him. He's actually been playing uh, fairly decently for a little while. And of 80 guards in the NFL, John Simpson ranks 64th. Uh, by Pro Football Focus, so um, you know it's it's at least in Leatherwood's case, 63.2 grade uh, as a run blocker. He's he's showing some of that, um, and that's something to build on, I guess. You're in the huddle with Vinny Boss here, Lincoln Kennedy. Brought to you by Tequila and Bajador, Raider Nation Radio, 9:20 a.m. on a Thursday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Crazy, crazy, crazy and kind of disheartening times right now uh, in the NFL and maybe a little bit scary uh, as far as the the COVID-19 situation that's happening in Cleveland. Uh, I know the Rams are dealing with it as well. Um, you know, and it's just the NFL knew this was coming. They, they, they jacked up the uh, protocols and the uh, masks and the testing uh, a few weeks ago in anticipation of the holiday season coming. Um, you know, whether it's people letting their guard down or family members coming over, the, the change in the weather, they understood that there was a possibility that, um, you know, more, more positive tests were on the horizon. They tried to do as much as they could uh, to curtail it and to mitigate it. But as we're seeing in Cleveland uh, and as we were seeing in Los Angeles, things fall through the cracks. There's, there's no foolproof, um, you know, uh, guard against what we're dealing with right now. And unfortunately, it's hit the Cleveland Browns really, really hard, and it puts that game on Saturday between the Browns and the Raiders uh, in Cleveland in a very, very perilous kind of a position right now. And uh, we're going to go out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in Zach uh, Jackson. He covers the uh, Cleveland Browns for The Athletic, and so he's been all over this story. Um, Zach, first of all, welcome, and thank you for spending some time with us in the huddle. I know you're really busy uh, right now, uh, but thank you. I appreciate you spending some time with uh, with us in the huddle. How are you doing, my man? (laughs) Well, I am really busy, but I'm waiting on the the team to make this latest round official, so the timing, at least for this very second, is fine. Earlier I was doing a podcast, and they placed someone on the list during the podcast. Uh, And secondly, I've honestly lost track of how many it is, but someone just tweeted that the Rams actually have more than the Browns. So, you know, I don't know where the NFL goes with this. Um, I know that an NFL spokesman was telling, you know, my peers here in Cleveland two hours ago the game is on a schedule. I know every indication is is that the game is on a schedule. But the Browns will be at 20 guys, um, you know, eight key guys on both sides of the ball, really, and – down to looking at guys who they just signed to the practice squad today, not only being emergency guys, but having to play. Five of the six top DBs are out for illness or injury. And um, number eight, I guess, if you if you listed them out, would be out too. So they're talking about guys that were just brought to the practice squad today would have to, would have to play in the game Saturday with no depth behind them. And that just seems like really a no-win proposition for anybody but Derek Carr, quite frankly. Yeah, um, there's no doubt about that. Uh, we're talking to Zach uh, Jackson. And, and Zach, um, all right, so the last I counted was 18, including one player who's on the injured reserve list, so really 17 of kind of eligible players. But are you saying 
Are, do we know if that includes this next batch that may or may not be uh, announced? Uh, you know, there are reports that others are, are, are coming, uh, but does that mean will it will it increase by that seventeen based on what the Browns uh, officially release? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, th- this next batch includes three defensive starters, a defensive backup. You know, one of one of them was an IR guy who's out for the year. One of them was a practice squad guy, but he also was the Browns' punt returner. Like they just brought him up during the week with the various designations that they've had. So, um, two quarterbacks. I guess the running back one B is out by injury, but two quarterbacks, COVID. Um, the number one wide receiver, COVID. The number one tight end, COVID. Two offensive line, COVID. The number one defensive tackle, COVID. Two linebackers then, and like I said, five of the 60 Ds. One is injury and COVID, one is injury, and the rest are COVID. It's insane, um, and it's, 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 it's kind of mind-boggling, and I, I, I felt like this was coming Monday when uh, a bunch of players tested positive. I was like, boy, keep an eye on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and here we are. Uh, it keeps getting worse and worse. And yeah, not to cut you off, but yeah, you're exactly right. And what happened with the Browns is Thanksgiving, bye week, Players come back, players go out after the game, and then players do their community events here in Cleveland. And I'm not saying they shouldn't have done them. I'm not saying that's the spot because most of them did them Monday and Tuesday and were not at five days since then. But it was the timing where everyone needed to stay in and they needed to be extra careful. And the NFL didn't enhance the protocols for the Browns until this week, and guys did it. And it got in the building last week, and it's just intensified. So here they are. Yeah, exactly, and um, it's just it's 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 dangerous, and uh, it 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 really it's kind of scary, actually. I mean, I've been thinking, talking about on, on my show, the fact that what are the Raiders going into? You know what I'm saying? Like, just because guys are out there on su- Saturday or tested um, negative on Friday, doesn't mean it doesn't mean they won't on Sunday. And I'm talking about Browns players. So, what are the Raiders potentially being exposed to on Saturday when they play this team? Yeah, that, that's a valid question. I mean, I think they've shown really no on-field transmission, but then we start both getting above our heads. It's just, right. you know, to me it's the basic competitiveness of, okay, if the Browns are down 12 or 14 guys, the show goes on. If the Browns are down 20 guys, what are we doing? If Northeast Ohio is having a spike that's everywhere, then why are we bringing the Raiders in and why are we doing this, right? Like, the Browns did not practice yesterday. They had basically three different walkthroughs where guys pulled up, went around the building from the parking lot to the practice fields, did their walkthrough, and then went back home and got on the meetings. They were cleared to practice today, and then they tested afterwards, and we're looking at five guys, um, confirmed through various sources, but not yet through the team, <laughs> that, that have it. So when did they have it? They, prob- they probably didn't get it today, but the Browns held a practice, right? Um, yeah. Baker Mayfield probably didn't get it at that event that he held on Monday, but he did. You know, Ronnie Harrison, one of the guys today, he was in an event on Monday that Jadavian Clowney had. Um, Clowney has been out with a different illness. He keeps testing negative, but he, that doesn't mean that he will tomorrow. Right? And it's now it's very specific to the secondary group, to the linebacker group, and to the O-line group. So it's probably in and out of the building, quite frankly, because those guys obviously – spend time together in and out of the building. That's the exact, that was, that's kind of my point. Cause we don't like, it changes every day and more players test positive each yeah. day. And you know, like if I'm the, if I'm a Raider player, I don't care what they've said about 
it hasn't been transmitted on it. How does anybody prove that? <laughs> I don't. That's, that's I know. I agree. And and you just start talking about the layers of it, right? Like the Raiders travel with their whole traveling party and the media, and people come in. I mean, downtown Cleveland is the population center, but it's right on the lake, so people come from far away to get there, right? It's not like a bunch of people live downtown. So, are you excited right now to to come to the game? To come stay in the downtown hotel and go to the restaurants and bars where where this has been spreading like crazy, you know. Ohio State basketball has it. Cleveland State basketball is supposed to play at Duke on Saturday. It's canceled because of COVID. Like it's everywhere. So you're you're exactly right. Like it's not just um, the number of Browns players and starters, but it seems like that number over the last 24 hours, specifically the last four hours, has gotten to the point that right. Like what what are we doing here? Zach, um, have you talked to anyone in the NFL? I have, um, and I asked them, all right, what's the threshold? What, what do you think the NFL's threshold would be in terms of how many available players you have? Um, and, and, the, and they can't go below that threshold, uh, you know, uh, uh, and, and play a game. I was kind of shocked. Yeah, I mean, wasn't it 40 last year? Wasn't it 40 last year? I heard today mid-30s is, is how low they would go. Well, the Browns are right there because, okay, 53 active, 16, that's 69, right? So you take away 20, and then Kareem, Hunt, and two concussion guys. So they're still well above that, but there's another day for two. There's another two days. Yes, right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, and there were three guys on COVID list from last week. One of them was activated today. Two of them would be eligible by Saturday, I believe. Um, so, yeah, so if that's the, if the threshold is 38, they're still above it by, by several guys. We're talking to Zach Jackson. Uh, he covers the Cleveland Browns uh, for The Athletic. You can follow him at Akron uh, Jackson. All right, Zach, uh, who's going to line up for at cornerback for uh, the Cleveland Browns? And I need a scouting report on these guys. <laughs> well, it would be Nick Mullins, who, who actually has. <laughs> no, I said cor- corner, cornerback. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so it'd be Denzel Ward, who's okay. playing out of this world. He's, he's a top three corner in this league. And on the other corner would be Greedy Williams, who was a second-round pick three years ago, missed all of last year with an injury. Um, they would have to go to the practice squad for a number three corner. So, so the slot quarterback? Yes, that'd be a guy named Herb Miller. Um, and they went to the streets today to sign Brian Allen, who who actually was on the ro- played some games with the Bengals, and was on the Browns roster last year for the playoff games, and I believe maybe the season finale too. It's kind of a practice squad emergency call up. But yeah, um, at safety they they only list two starters, obviously, but they have three starters, and all three of them are on the COVID list. So what do they do at safety? So MJ Stewart would play. He's been around the league a little bit. Um, Richard LeCount, a rookie who was actually kept away from the team for a disciplinary matter for a whole week earlier in the year, would go from doghouse to starting <laughs> there. And then um, after that, I'm I'm not sure where they would go at safety. <laughs> they they did sign a guy named Tedrick Thompson today who was on the practice squad two years ago. Um, just because they thought he might have some familiarity with the team. 
This is getting uh, ludicrous and ridiculous. And, 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 and Zach, we've seen some players come out. Uh, I saw John's, uh, John Johnson's um, you know, uh, 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 tweets today. One of the more astute, intelligent players I've ever covered. Uh, uh, loved, loved that dude and uh, was kind of interested to hear what he had to say. And I saw what he said on Twitter. Obviously, Baker Mayfield came out um, you know, and, and said what he said. Uh, do you think that we're getting to a point where the Browns players are like, hey, man, um, we might just sit this thing out here. I'm not, you know, saying that it's going to get to that point, but it seems like they're already putting some pressure on some people that we want to be heard right here. This is not right that we're going to have to go play a football game on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, they would get their checks taken away, so they're not walking away from that. We both right. know. But yeah, um, this is a team that's had a bad year, but has steered the ship into seven and six, and is only a game out of the division lead. And the problem with the delay on this is you don't know when these guys are going to test, but the Browns play next Saturday, too. They play Christmas at 4.30 in Green Bay. And they have to win one of these two games to keep it going. And now you look at taking basically eight key guys away from both sides, and of course they feel this way. So, um, you know, news to Baker, I don't think Roger himself reads the at NFL tag when he drops it in there. But <laughs> they know what they're doing, right, or trying to do. Yeah. So... Yeah, I, I mean, I've told people on various podcasts and just in discussions a day ago, and even today, it's not going to get moved. But over the last four hours, do I at least start to feel differently? I do. Uh, I still don't think that it will. And, and you know, us going through the very, the numbers in a very amateur way is above that, that threshold. But um, the pressure on the NFL is going to be intense and, and tremendous. Um, and we don't even know tomorrow's testing results yet, obviously, because we haven't gotten there yet. Right, exactly. Damon, I think Damon, my producer, had a question for you, uh, Zach. Yeah, Zach, I've yeah, got go to ahead. ask. We know that Jarvis Landry, in case of emergency, he could play a little quarterback, but he's also out. So who could the backup quarterback be? And I'm a UNLV guy. It Could it be Johnny Stanton? It, I was just going to say, you guys know the name. It would be Johnny Stanton. It would be Johnny Stanton, who's a practice squad fullback. Um, you know, they have they have messed with some Landry stuff. They have messed with some formations. I don't believe I've seen Johnny back there before, and obviously, you know, he's the second-string fullback, and they only use a fullback about 20% of the time when they have uh, everybody. So I haven't seen that, but, yeah, I mean, every other option, it would have been Odell. He quit the team. It would have been Jarvis. He's on the COVID list. Um I don't know that there are a bunch of other guys. There's a linebacker, Mac Wilson, who was a high school quarterback, and, and he was a punter, and he's like the backup long snapper, and it's always like the running joke, like put him in, and especially because he doesn't really play defense anymore. So it's like the running joke here is he's ready for whatever, and now he's probably third line quarterback wearing number 51. Um, so, and- <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but really – Mullins was not even with the team in the preseason. You know, they knew Baker and Case were going to be on the team. They played Kyle Loletta. They let him go, and they brought in Nick Mullins. And so, yes, he's been on the practice squad, and yes, he's made 16 or so starts in his career, but he has never played with the Browns. I mean, in practice, he plays scout team. And like I said, in, in of the trick plays and the different formations, it's always been Jarvis. It, it has never been anyone else, um, to my knowledge. Yeah, this could get crazy uh, in a hurry. Zach, uh, I guess the last question, uh, and I've been thinking about this myself, uh, obviously covering the Raiders, if they had to postpone it, I don't even know where they could fit it into the schedule at this point. Um, 
to to accommodate that game. And it's an important – it could be an important game. Obviously, the Raiders are fading fast. Um, but they're mathematically still alive. And if, if they can somehow get to 7-7 seven and seven and give themselves a shot with a, over these last three games, you know, there's something to play for. And, and they're, they're legitimately still alive. Same with the Browns. So how would they even – have we even thought about that? I, I, I'm looking at the schedule like, where? How do you do that? Where would you play it? Um, I think the answer is the Chiefs and Chargers kick off in, what, 30, 35 minutes? And once they do, I don't – you know, you have to play this. So the absolute emergency, just us and your listeners talking, would be Monday or Tuesday, and then the Browns play again next Saturday. Um, but to me, it just looks like it's going to get played Saturday afternoon. Yeah, unless there's six more guys tomorrow on the list. Right, and you can't rule that out based on the, the, the trend of this past week. That's what I'm really worried about um, is, is not, you know, obviously right now is right now, and it's, it's, getting, it's getting dicey, uh, but what, where does it look like uh, tomorrow and then really Saturday morning as well? Um, so we'll see. But, uh, Zach, thank you so much for trying to put, um, you know, some sort of perspective on, on what's really a, uh, an ongoing and, uh, and, and crazy kind of a situation. Um, I agree with you. I think the game does get played on Saturday. Who's actually out there? Uh, well, that re- is remain, remains to be seen. But thanks for uh, tr- uh, shedding some light on the situation. Really appreciate it, Zach. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. You got it. That's Zach Jackson from The Athletic. He covers the Cleveland Browns for The Athletic. It's uh, unprecedented times, uh, to be sure. Um, but I'll say this. That bye week for the Browns came at a... Um, Weird time, you know, uh, right there uh, during Thanksgiving week and all that, you know, uh, everything that was going on, all the holidays, people leaving town, friends coming over. Um, it was, ooh, it was a, and we're seeing, they're, they're paying for it right now. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Thursday. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Our thanks again to Zach Jackson from The Athletic. He covers the uh, Cleveland Browns for The Athletic. Uh, Crazy times. Uh, Hey, by the way, fans, the Bay is coming to the Bay. Don't miss the biggest Raider Nation party to date going down uh, with special guest and host an East Oakland original Raider Too Short performing live along with RBL Posse and more live performances in the building. Uh, That's going to be over at the Fremont Country Club, 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. And it's all happening uh, Raiders Chargers weekend, uh, Saturday, January 8th at the Fremont Country Club. Uh, this will be a uh, what's expected to be a sold-out event, so go to thenationparty.eventbrite.com to purchase your tickets. Uh, go see Too Short Saturday, January 8th, and uh, definitely uh, have some fun with a lot of uh, Raider fans uh, as they kind of kick in the new year a little bit uh, a week uh, later from, from New Year's Eve. But uh, certainly anytime you're talking about Too Short, uh, he, you know he knows how to get down. So uh, go check that out at the Fremont Country Club, 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. Uh, you can pick up tickets at thenationparty.eventbrite.com. Um, Lincoln Kennedy. Uh, those are some. That was a dire uh, interview. Um, yeah. You know, there was. There's no positive spin to be putting on on that. You know, and uh, I, I know for the Raiders, obviously, there's a competitive advantage that's uh, uh, that that that's going to happen on on Saturday without question. Um, 
And so, you know, for a team that that uh, hasn't caught a lot of breaks this year, um, you know, you, they're not going to complain over the over the break uh, that they may be uh, getting uh, on this game on Saturday against a depleted Cleveland Browns team. But we've talked about it as well. Uh, the Raiders can't be they can't afford to be overlooking anybody right now. No, they can't take anything for granted. They still have to prepare. And the fact is that this is going to be a game, an important game for them. The remaining four games are all important if they have any aspirations of playoffs. So it doesn't matter who's out there in the Cleveland Brown uniform. Um, it, it, you, you still have to go out there and play them. All right. So if the if the quarterback goes down, first of all, Damon, um the UNLV quarterback that you were talking about predates my time in Vegas. Um, how long ago did he play at UNLV? Uh, 2016, 2017, uh, those, those were his last two years at quarterback, and he threw both of those two seasons a combined 11, 6 one year, uh, 11 touchdowns, 6 one year, 5 the next. So he wasn't a, necessarily a throwing quarterback? What was What's the scouting report? If he has to throw the ball, the Browns are in trouble. But yet he's on a practice squad as a quarter. What, what does does he play quarterback? Uh, no, he, he definitely he beefed up. Johnny Stanton's now a good six two two fifty. He's the backup fullback. Oh, he's but oh, I'm that's just right. saying okay. in a yeah. pinch. I would like to see them go to him. Wow, it's gonna be uh, you know Alec Gold, uh, Alec Ingold. Uh, he's injured, so obviously it's moot. But he did play quarterback as well in high school. So sometimes Lincoln, you got to get down to the nitty gritty like that. And it could happen uh, this week, where you where you have to just pull Jarvis Landry over there and say, "Hey, man, um, you're gonna we'll, we'll figure something out to get through this game." But you might have to play quarterback. Uh, that's nuts to me, Lincoln. <laughs> well, all of it, there's really no way that we could predict or you know truly grasp what has happened. I mean, a pandemic that shut down the world. We've never seen anything like in our lifetime, and it affected everything, every walk of life, and it still continues to affect it. And I guess. You know, whether you're vaccinated or not, you can still catch the COVID and you can still test positive. Sometimes there's false positives. That's why they continue to test. Um, it's unfortunate, but it, it's like it's like Zach was talking about, you know, the, their time away, and their time out. They weren't careful. They weren't they didn't you know, they, they probably didn't think about it and thought they were they, they it wasn't going to happen to them. And now it has. Yeah, um, and and that's sometimes also what happens during the during the holidays, Lincoln, people let their guard down a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um, it's when family comes into town. Um, it's when you travel uh, a little bit more. Uh, and and for the Browns, that bye week came at the worst, probably the worst possible time if you're thinking about along the lines of this. Like this would be in a regular season without COVID-19, getting your bye week that late in the season probably is not a bad thing uh, because you really get a chance to, to kind of – kick up the legs a little bit and get the body, you know, rested and get the body mm-hmm. right. Uh, but with COVID-19, and, and the fact is, players are going to travel during their bye week, especially the vaccinated players are allowed to do that. If you're unvaccinated, you have to stay in the uh, in the home market. And I think you have to go to the facility and, and check in. So uh, it's not like they're just going to take your word for it that you're not sneaking out of town a little bit. So um, it was just, it was a the worst timing really for, for something like this. And, you know, with the weather getting colder the NFL, again, they predicted, they, they had a sense that something was coming because they elevated all of the protocols, uh, you know, heading into the holiday season, understanding that there was, it was ripe for an increase and a, and a tick up in COVID-19 positive tests. And that's exactly what happened. Can you only, can you imagine Lincoln had they not taken the precautions that they did? This is what is falling through the cracks right now. Imagine had they not gone to escalated, um, you know, pr- uh, protocols, what we might be looking at right now. 
Well, I, I, I can't. I really can't. But you know, the NFL had since the vaccine came out, they had they, they could look at baseball, they looked at basketball, and they had other other gauges to go off of before they in, sort of created their mandates towards the season. So um, we're still going through it, and, and and we're going to see now. There's when I go down this COVID list, there are a ton of teams that have got a number of guys that are infected, and again with the incubation period, who knows how big this number grows or how big it goes. Exactly. That's the that's the really the, the, the scary part. Um, and it's something that the Raiders definitely have to be aware of. Everybody has to be aware of. I think the Rams have more players right now than um, on, on their COVID list uh, than the Browns. So they played Monday night in a great game, uh, won a big game. And all of a sudden now, you know, they're 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 um, cert- at least they have one extra day to deal with it. They're playing on Sunday, I think it is. So um but it's just it's it's unusual times, uh, without a doubt. But like Lincoln said, this is what we have to deal with, and this is what we're dealing with, and just all doing the best that we can. And I know from the NFL's perspective, uh, for a lot of reasons, you want to play in that game. Players want to get paid. Number one, you know, the Raiders have a big game to play. And when we get back, we're going to listen to Rich Passaccia talk about the fact that this team still is in the playoff race. It's uh, you know uh, it, a long shot at this point, and a lot has to go right. But the fact of the matter is with Four games left to play. The Raiders still uh, have a shot to make the playoffs. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monster and Lincoln Kennedy. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Wednesday. 